This is attorney Franz Borkart. I'm sitting here with Richard Sprinkle. In this episode of Legally Unfiltered, we're going to be talking about unanimous juries. Uh, we are in the state of Louisiana, and last legislative session in August of 2018, we had a constitutional amendment that passed that's going to go to the people. Um And that constitutional amendment is going to address the fact that Louisiana is one of two states that does not have in all felony criminal trials unanimous juries. So as a background matter, uh, Richard and I are going to be talking about the history behind that. We're also going to talk a little bit about the Oregon law, um, because Oregon's the other state that does not have unanimous juries. And we're going to kind of talk about why you might want unanimous juries. So jumping on in, Louisiana back in the late 1890s, post-Civil uh, War Reconstruction, they changed their constitution, they changed their law to not require unanimous juries in all felony cases. So the landscape of Louisiana right now is that if it's a death penalty case, Richard, it has to be unanimous. It has to be a unanimous decision to, to put someone to death um, for felonies that are not necessarily as a as a mechanism of punishment at hard labor penalties uh, in jail, you have a six-person jury that has to be unanimous. But for everything else, for a hard labor felony, um, you have to have 10 out of 12. So that was done in the late 1890s. And the if you look back at the legislative language in the, in the documents, um, they did it and, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this, they did it because they wanted to ensure, quote, white supremacy. Um, so fast forward to 2018, uh, Louisiana is one of two states that still doesn't require unanimous juries. And now that we have a constitutional amendment. Um, so let's jump on in. Why do you think, Richard, it would be a good thing if you're accused to want to have a unanimous jury? Going back to the founding fathers, John Adams, I can't, I will butcher the quote to death, but John Adams said it is the unanimous jury that can convict. And again, I'm going to butcher that quote to death, but if you think about it, you are guaranteed by the Constitution a trial by jury. Now, we know it's only for certain offenses, but in this case, we're talking about felonies. You're guaranteed a trial by jury, and you have to be convicted by a jury of your peers, not some of the jury of your peers, not the majority of the jury of your peers. It has to be a jury of your peers. And the reason for that is you have to be convicted because it has been proven beyond reasonable doubt that you did the thing you're accused of. Now, if you have two holdouts on a 12 person jury, what does that mean? That means somebody, two bodies, have reasonable doubt. So it seems really, really bad to convict somebody and take decades of their lives away when there's still some reasonable doubt out there. So what we're talking about, folks, is we're talking about jurors being empowered to have their voice matter. Um, under the current system, if you have one juror that says, you know, th- this this notion of 12 Angry Men, the movie where one juror could convince the other 11 that 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 he was not guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. And and by the way, it's it's important to emphasize the burden of proof is beyond a reasonable doubt. It's not all doubt. It's beyond a reasonable doubt. Um, and it's not innocence as much as a question of has the state carried its burden of proof beyond a reasonable doubt such that the person is quote unquote guilty or 
not guilty. You can have scenarios where, and I know a lot of people don't like it, where someone might be factually not guilty, that they fail to prove their burden, but maybe they committed that rape or that murder. Um, and that that's a big problem for a lot of people, but, but that's kind of the, the bedrock of our justice system. So what we're talking about initially is the, the fact that we want every single juror's voice to matter such that they have to communicate, they have to deliberate. And the other 10 people can't just say, well, you know, the fact that you guys have this opinion is adorable and cute, but we're ready to move forward. The other end of this, and it goes back to the reasonable doubt conversation is, um, and it's scary because a lot of criminal defense attorneys, and and Richard and I both do criminal defense, a, a lot of criminal defense attorneys don't realize that it's not all doubt. It's just reasonable doubt. So if reasonable doubt might manifest itself in in believing that they didn't prove identity, that maybe someone else committed the crime or maybe there's a component of the of the elements that they just haven't met. Um, it certainly is if I were accused of a of a major felony and I was looking at an extended amount of time in jail, I certainly would want to have the benefit of 12 human beings from my community, 12 peers making a decision, making a decision where all their their votes count. Now, there's a flip side of this, you know, as a former felony prosecutor in Baton Rouge, I'll tell you. It's a lot easier to convict somebody when you only have to get 10 votes. But the the, the subtle nuance of this and 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 I am the current president of the Louisiana Association of Criminal Defense Lawyers, so I was at the legislature when this was getting uh, worked on. And, and by the way, this was overwhelmingly supported by uh, many Republicans and Democrats. Um, the flip side of this coin, though, is is if I'm prosecuting, I got to get 12 votes. But to get a not guilty as a defense attorney, I also have to get 12 votes now. So if I don't get 12 votes and I only have a 10 to 2 um, decision, then I may have a hung jury. So it cuts both ways. Um, I will say that from trial experience, it's tough to get a not guilty. It's not they don't just hand those out like Skittles, uh, you know, on Halloween. Um, it's tough to get those. So you may have some more hung juries, but I think more realistically, what you're going to have is you're going to have prosecutors being a little bit more conservative at what they try to do, uh, what they try to prosecute with, and you may have some cases that are resolved because there is that element of a, a good crafty defense attorney is going to say. A good crafty defense attorney is going to say, you know, look, you have these issues in this case and I and you got to get a unanimous jury. Maybe we should work this case out. So there is going to be that component. Is it going to be more expensive to the taxpayers because of that? Maybe. But but look to the other 48 states. I mean, Richard, 48 other states are doing this and they don't seem to have a problem convicting folks. I mean, what do you think about that? Well, they, they don't have a problem convicting folks. You're right about that. If and, and you're a criminal defense attorney, you know, if if a criminal defendant did the thing they're accused of and the state's done its job, they're going to be able to prove the elements nine times out of 10. It's very rare that a criminal defendant gets off for something that they actually did if the state's done their job and built the case against them. Now, If the state has to go back and do a retrial, a lot of people are afraid that these defendants are going to get off on a mere technicality or that the the state won't want to go after a a retrial. I I can assure you the DA that I know will go after a retrial if he knows for sure someone's guilty if, if something comes back as a hung jury. And we also know that the judges aren't big fans of hung juries either. They're going to try and talk the juries. I, I mean, is that not been your experience? What, what's baffling to me is, you know, and we, we just saw it in a major federal 
case that got huge amounts of national attention where the jury, um, now granted this was a political federal case, uh, they spent days deliberating. Most of the time in Louisiana, folks, deliberations happen over an afternoon um, and the judge will push for them to come up with a decision. But I, I think you're you're accurate. Most of the time, and, and Richard and I have worked cases together, most of the time, reasonable doubt and the elements are on paper and they're there. Uh, whether it's, hey, man, they have your DNA at the crime scene and they have two eyewitnesses. And by the way, you made a confession. Those kind of cases, it's not going to matter where, whether, you know, t- to me, those are the cases where your justice means doing your due diligence as an attorney, making sure your client's in, informed of all their decisions and rights, and then trying to get the, the best resolution as possible. Where this is going to rear its head is those cases that are not cut and dry, where there may exist some arguments for reasonable doubt, um, whether because the police didn't dot their I's, didn't cross their T's. And those are the cases where where we don't want to convict people that are factually innocent. We don't want to convict people where the state's the state has not bared its burden of proof, Um, you know, and we know. We know from DNA exoneration cases that there are folks that spend a whole bunch of time in jail uh, because we as a society got it wrong to the justice system. So I think, you know, where we are as a as a country, where we are in history right now, whether it's whether you embrace this because of the racial components of it, um, whether you embrace this because this is what the founding fathers wanted. This is how they perceived justice. Um whichever side of the coin you fall on, this is probably just the quote unquote right thing to do where we are now. Now, Richard, I want you to talk a little bit about Oregon because Oregon's law is also based in part, or if not in part, more than in part, uh, Oregon's law is based on on racism as well, right? It's not in part on racism. It is 100% on racism. The law in Oregon goes back to 1938. There was a huge influx of immigrants coming from Europe, uh, Southern Europe, uh, Eastern and Western Europe, coming across the U.S., heading out West. You probably remember the gold rush. You probably remember the Western expansion. And there was a murder in a hotel in Oregon. Now, not to bore you with the facts, not to get too deep into it, but long story short, they caught the alleged uh, perpetrator, they took him to court, and there was serious concern that these immigrants coming over from Europe wouldn't understand the process of of a unanimous jury. So the state of Oregon literally put it on a vote, on a vote. I've got a copy of the ballot sheet that that basically says we need to have a non unanimous jury because we're afraid that most of the people coming over into Oregon now don't understand how juries work. So their idea was, hey, our new citizens or new residents here just aren't smart enough to figure this out because they're, you know, dumb Europeans or whatever. So it's completely racist based in Oregon, just as it was here. It may be not so much of a white supremacist thing as in Oregon as it is here, but either way, it's racism. It's horrible. It needs to go. What's interesting now is you have Democrats lobbying for this. Uh, this goes on the ballot in November of 2018. Uh, this goes on the ballot. It's a constitutional amendment, so the citizens of Louisiana will vote on it. The governor has pretty much indicated that if, if it passes, that's it. Um, so 
you know, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. And, you know, there have been questions in the past about whether or not we should be making constitutional challenges to this this system. Um, I don't know that it's been ruled on by the United States Supreme Court, or actually it has been ruled on by the United States Supreme Court. So the only way we're going to change this at this point is if the citizens of Louisiana vote on it and pass it. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Um, this is a hot button issue. Um, people, most citizens were shocked that I've talked to were shocked that we didn't have a unanimous system. I know lawyers who don't realize you can be convicted with 10 out of 12. Isn't that scary? Well, you know, some folks practice civil law. Right. And if you're drafting wills all day long and you never deal with with uh, a criminal element, it, it you may never have to experience and it. And so we're clear in the federal system, in the federal system, um, we have it to where every federal crime has to be a unanimous jury. So um, federal crimes, so it, in federal crimes, has to be unanimous. In 48 states, it has to be unanimous. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing this law changed. Um, I don't think it's going to be rampant criminals walking out of the justice system because of it. I think you're still going to have convictions. Um, I think what this will modify and change is it will make the justice system a better system. And that's what we all kind of collectively want. Um, Going before the citizens of Louisiana in November, uh, Oregon, there was conversations in Oregon by the District Attorneys Association about changing this. I don't know if they're going to change it. Um, We'll have to wait and see. But if we change it, and Louisiana is normally, by the way, the last state uh, to change things for the better. Uh, I love where we, we live, folks, but... To be candid, we're normally ranked last in topics and we're normally the, the slowest to change things. So um, that being said, if we change it first, Oregon will be the lone uh, the lone state uh, out by themselves in the wilderness. It'd so, be nice not to be last in this. So <laughs> we're, we're all going to be looking forward to it. And uh, certainly when the vote comes, we'll probably do another podcast on that to kind of talk about how this will change things. Uh, that's it for this episode of Legally Unfiltered. Uh, my name is Franz Borkart. I'm here with Richard Sprinkle, and we thank you you for listening. The views and opinions expressed in Legally Unfiltered do not constitute legal advice. If you would like legal advice on the topics that we've discussed, send us money. That's right. Go ahead and retain us. Do not, kids, try this at home.